Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. Hey, what's going on? It's Johnny King. And, you know, I spent a lot of time talking about relationships and health and life in different ways. And today in this episode of The Johnny King Show, I want to talk about entrepreneurship. I want to talk about business, risk, mistakes, (laughs) all those good things, Uh, because I've certainly made a lot of them. Um, And one of the biggest, you know, pieces of the last 10 years that I've been uh, an entrepreneur uh, has been, you know, the the ups and downs of, you know, being a workaholic versus finding great fulfillment in my life. And I'd like to tell you a little story kind of about how I got into things um, because I talk to a lot of guys now these days um, and women too, but more so guys over the last two years because I, I coached women for the first eight years uh, primarily, and then in the last two years, have I switched over to to working with men? Um, so more recently, I've been working with a lot of men and talking to them about oh gosh, you know, more or less having the guts, <laughs> having the guts to put yourself out there, take a risk, and to uh, to take that leap. Um, and man, it is scary. It's interesting because I have felt that feeling many, 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 many times over the last 10 years. And I have found, at least for me, that ever since I quit my day job and I ventured off into the world of, you know, making things up as you go, which is another word for entrepreneurship. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's been like every 18, roughly around every 18 to 24 months. I've had to reinvent myself. Um, And what that exactly means is like I've had to let go of the current version of me and I've had to level up, which has been super scary. I've had to make moves within my various businesses to evolve. And in most instances, instances that's involved greater levels of surrender and delegation and risk. Um, but it's interesting because you can't like leapfrog over several different up levels. I've had to do it one after another and after another. And I think a lot of people struggle because they might see someone who has uh, achieved a lot that they look up to on social media or whatever, um, and they just compare themselves to where they are right now to that person who's been putting in the work for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. It's awfully hard to compare. Um, and as you've probably heard that that saying, comparison is the thief of joy. And it's certainly true. So, you know, what, I mean, I guess one of the biggest lessons I've learned, which is uh, you have to humble yourself. Sometimes comparing yourself, not sometimes, always comparing yourself to someone else or even to a version of you that isn't where you are right now is uh it, it it's very defeating. So, you know, one of the big things is that you've got to uh just look at what's 
the next best thing that you must do. So one thing I had going for me, um, (laughs) which doesn't sound like a blessing at the moment, but it absolutely was, when I quit my, I had already decided to quit my job uh, a day or two prior to flying home when I received, you know, once I got home, I received the word that, uh, that my spouse at the time wanted out of the marriage. I'm like, okay, that's a massive, uh, you know, <laughs> record scratch of where I thought my life was going. But the whole motivation for quitting my job and, and seeking something that I was more passionate about was actually for the relationship. I knew that, that me essentially trading hours for dollars, um, or let's just say uh, sacrificing passion for dollars, kept me in a place where I wasn't happy with myself, and, and neither was she. And I didn't blame her for wanting to, to divorce that guy because I didn't want to be married to him either. And so I was like, all right, I'm going for this. With or without her, I, I have to move forward because I cannot remain where I am uh, staying that version of that man. And so that's why I say it was kind of a, a blessing in disguise because I didn't have any room to stay comfortable with where I was. The thought did cross my mind. I'm not going to lie. The thought crossed my mind of like, shoot, I'm making good money. I was making maybe like 80, 85 grand at the time, I think, 30 years old. And I was like, you know, what? I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty well. I could save even more money. And I was like, to do what? Um, I'm, a, I'm a boring ass human being right now. I got no passion and no real direction in my life. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, uh, I got to move forward with this. So a lot of times, and I felt this now in the past, uh, more recent past, let's say the last five years, a lot of men that I work with and, and women too, if you're listening to this, you're a female, like it doesn't really matter. Again, we're all very human. <laughs> it's very human feelings is that a lot of times we focus on what we're going to lose. And it's like, well, I, I don't know, because I have to, you know, we actually focus on certainty. We got to make sure that we have bills or money to pay the bills, uh, cover the mortgage, transportation, food, quality of life. You know, at that point, I was like, F all of this. I don't give a rat's ass. I will live in a shoebox if I have to, because I, I cannot remain where I was. So, I quit my job um, in April of 2010, which was literally about 10 years ago. It's crazy. And I had no effing clue (laughs) what I was going to do. And I was at an event. Uh, My buddy Lewis, who I've had on the the podcast, Lewis Howes, had invited me down because he was a keynote speaker at this Info Empire thing, this talk down in San Diego. So I flew down there, um, and then afterwards, uh, we drove up to, where uh, I don't know, LA, I forget where I was taking them, but we were just hanging outside, we are getting some Chinese food, and so cliche, right, he and I came up with my first like website and ebook idea on a napkin. I'm like, okay, could it get any more cliche than that? I don't know. But anyways, I went off on that um, in a good way, and... I had already, you know, the weekend before uh, I found out that that the marriage wasn't going to last, I had, um, I jumped into a $10,000 program, which is the most money I'd ever spent on myself, 
uh, with a Tony Robbins, you know, kind of master university thing, right? So it got me tickets to all these different events and uh, over the next two years, and it got me three months with a coach. And that coach, I wouldn't say necessarily saved my life, but in many regards kept my life moving because those first three months, um, my world was crumbling around me. And just being able to have a coach focus me on the task at hand was so powerful. But every single week, (laughs) he'd say like, how are you doing? Did you make progress? And I was like, yeah. I wasn't really making a whole lot of progress. But I really didn't believe myself. Uh, But that website did really, really well. I sold one ebook for $47. (laughs) And that was it. I was like, okay, uh, let's let this one go. So it was uh, Lewis actually sent me a uh, a link. He said, "Hey, bro, I think you could do this. This like speaks your language." And it was a, a link to a ninety seven dollar info product, and the headline said, "Start a six figure boot camp in ninety days." And I was like, mm, "That sounds good," but the, the light bulb went off because I was thinking I had been starting to coach women helping them with some of the, the kind of the psychological, like psychological things that I had put together after my mom had passed away. My dad came out that he was gay, seeing how he had lost weight, the, how the motivation shift, the leverage, like all these different things that you play with as a coach to help motivate people towards taking action. Uh, I started coaching and as I was supporting them with a lot of the, the mindset side of things, a lot of them kind of kept on saying, like, I don't want you to j- dig into my past. I want you just to help me, just help me lose weight. Help me get stronger. And I was like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, it's the, you know, it's the psych- psychological side of things. Like, what are you afraid of? What are your limiting beliefs? They're like, no, stop. Just help me lose weight. I wasn't doing a really great job at uh, building rapport. Let's just say that. Um, and I wasn't meeting them where they were. And so when he sent, when Lewis sent me that link, the light bulb went off. It's like, oh gosh, like this is it. I'm going to give them what they say they want so that I can give them what I feel like they truly need, which was, you know, just leveling up their mindset, transformation, uh, letting go of limiting beliefs, everything else like that. And ultimately, you know, years down the road, once I started my gyms, um, I, I did start doing women's weight loss retreats and bringing in speakers. I was doing group coaching or one-on-one coaching. Like it, it's, I certainly was able to step into exactly what I wanted to step into. However, um, one of my coaches a couple of years later told me, he's like, Johnny, you know, a lot of times what people do when they're so fascinated with the mindset side of things is that they go straight to the nerve <laughs> when you don't have a whole lot of rapport built. And I was like, yep, I'm raising my hand. Uh, that's what exactly I did. He's like, yeah, that's not how people work. You know, think about it. You step onto an elevator and you see someone and you're like, Hey, uh, you're wearing a Broncos hat. Are you, are you a Broncos fan? Like, yeah, no kidding. I'm from Denver. You're from Denver. No kidding. Where do you live? So like a very quick conversation on an elevator can then lead to like an invitation where I'd be like, Hey, you know, I'm actually going to go, uh, I'm just grabbing something in my room, but I'm going to go down and have a, a bite to eat at the restaurant. You want to would you care to join me? Yeah, sure. And then maybe after two hours of building rapport, getting to know someone, then maybe are you actually getting to the root of <laughs> some of their issues or, or allowing them space to show up vulnerably, right? But a lot of times, 
you know, in business, there, there's the extrinsic and the intrinsic motivators, right? People typically wake up motivated by the extrinsic. I want to lose weight. I want to get a six pack. I want to, you know, buy a big house. I want to, you know, save up a ton of money to go on vacation. I want to work for myself. It's like those type of external drivers, right? When in reality, a lot of times what's holding us back from achieving those things are, hey, you don't believe that you're good enough. Hey, you know, you're deeply insecure. Hey, you have trauma that you need to heal, right? But if you bring up those things, people are like, yeah, like, I know that's true, but it's not perceived as valuable as like, oh, you can, you can help me lose 50 pounds, you know, in five months. Amazing. I'm going to sign up with you, Johnny. I'm like, okay, great. But then over that time of helping them lose 50 pounds, are you actually, not you, I was actually helping them change their lifestyle and changing their, their beliefs about themselves and creating a, a new re, re, refined, redefined, if you will, version and, and sense of identity about themselves. And that's how they were able to take the weight off and keep the weight off, right? So I'm saying all this because as I was getting into starting this boot camp, I actually sat down and I've talked about it before. And if you haven't heard it, um, maybe you can go back to one, you know, a couple of my earlier episodes where I talk about the six human needs. And just as a quick review, those six, six human needs are certainty, uncertainty, significance, love and connection. That's one, love slash connection. And then the last two are growth and contribution. Okay. Essentially, we all as human beings do everything in our lives to fulfill these six human needs in uh, destructive or constructive or neutral ways, right? Like doing drugs is a a destructive way of creating variety (laughs) in our lives, a change of emotional and physical state, okay? Um, Eating can be both potentially constructive or destructive depending on what you're eating, right? But we will eat sometimes for certainty when we're super stressed. Sometimes we eat for uncertainty when we're super bored, right? We want a little variety. Sometimes we eat for love or, or maybe even just connection with ourselves because we're lonely. Or maybe we're eating because we want to feel a sense of, of uh, like... We're, we're loving or, or even making ourselves feel significant by providing food or a big meal for other people, our loved ones, right? So there's, it can, the nuances are vast. But just to stick with me, I took those six human needs and I wrote down on a piece of paper, if my mom were still alive, because she, like, she was like the epitome of the type of demographic I was aiming for, like Midwestern women of like 40s, 50s, and 60s. If my mom were still alive, what type of workout gym environment would she need to have if I were to fulfill those six human needs on a, on a scale from zero to 10, like on a level of eight, nine, or 10, right? And I got extremely specific. And, and granted, at the very beginning, I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I was kind of like, well, if mom were still alive, like she would need to not feel judged, you know, she would not need to feel like 
awkward. You know, you go into a gym and if you haven't worked out at all, like my mom hadn't really, like there's an etiquette. There's like unsaid rules, you know, about the gym and you can feel totally, you know, overwhelmed. You don't know how to use machines. You need guidance. Like these women like my mom, they needed like a lot of handholding, a lot of emotional nurturing. So I wrote all these things down and sure enough, as the months and the years went by, I got very, very good about emotionally providing for these women. So I was giving them, you know, consistent workouts. They just showed up. They didn't have to come up with, they just literally would have to show up (laughs) and they were certain that I was going to give them an amazing experience. But then they were also certain that they didn't know what I was exactly I was going to throw at them. So each day was different. So, so that kind of provided some uncertainty. But as always, exercises that they could do, no matter whether or not they were walking in 100 pounds overweight or more, or they were coming in, like I, I could always make it more difficult. And so I say all this because I got very specific, like I said, about supporting these type of women who hated the normal big box gym but needed motivation. And so I was giving them extrinsically, externally, if you will, the the thing that they wanted, which was, you know, a variety of exercises and something that flowed and it was fun and had great music. And I was always cracking jokes and being my normal dorky self. And then intrinsically, I was feeding them what they needed to continue to improve their self-esteem and start to believe in themselves so that they could create lasting change. And so no matter what business either that you're in or that you're thinking about getting in, that's, it's an amazing exercise to do, to sit down and be like, okay, this is my demographic. This is my niche of who I want to aim for. And if you actually sit down with, with that and you look at how can I create an eight, nine, or 10 level experience for my demographic in these six human needs, if you do that and you really dial it in, you'll kill it. No matter what, hands down. Now, of course, there are other things that go into running a successful business. And if you've ever watched the the TV show, The Profit, it's about this guy that comes in with his own money and he turns failing businesses around, right? And he always talks about it's either people, the product, or the process. And so if you're struggling <laughs> to figure out your business or you're in your business and you're not having a, a, a very good time at creating you know, success, if you will, loosely saying that, you need to look at the people, the product, or the process. And to me, because it was somewhat of a small you know, operation, um, well, it started off small, but then I was doing, it was, it was, I kind of became a, a mega boot camp owner because I was doing classes of over 80 people when I finally decided to shift myself out of it um, and, and hired other trainers and started working more on working on my business versus in my business. So there's going to be phases where you're going to have to hustle and work in your business. And that's the hard part about being an entrepreneur is that you literally have to be use, wearing different hats um, marketing, sales, admin, you know, f- your financials, um, customer service, like there's so many different aspects, of course, of running a business uh, that can be extremely overwhelming. And so that's why for me, the best thing that I always invested in, um, just being totally dead honest truth is, is coaches. 
Um, and Steve Hawkman was the one of the co-creators of that initial $97 build a six-figure boot camp in 90 days uh, creator of that product. And when I started to actually hit things big and I was starting to freak out because I didn't know how to scale this thing with like tons of people walking in the door, I, I hired him. $3,000 for an entire year of unlimited boot camp, which was actually a steal of a deal. But it was a lot of money at the time because I didn't have it. Uh, and he helped me in so many ways because um, he had already been through the things that I'd already been through. And so it was just like everything that I was panicking about, stressing about, he's like, oh, no, this is easy solution. Boom. Like five minutes later, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like <laughs> that right there was worth $3,000 easy, you know. And so – I've, of course, like I said, every 18 to 24 months, I'd have to level up. And initially that was phasing myself out of the business because as I wanted to, you know, open new locations, uh, I obviously couldn't be in multiple places at, at the same time. So I had to find other really good trainers. Um, and I would have them actually take certain personality profile assessments. So I saw how they dealt with, you know, where their levels were in empathy, you know, and understanding and customer service and things like that. Because even though they were trainers, I knew that the success of my business was going to be purely dependent upon these people being um, really good with people and being very nurturing and very supportive, you know, just like any of us (laughs) calling our grandparents or calling our parents and helping them through like technology-based solutions. Like, okay, mom, See that little button there in the lower left-hand corner? Like that, it, it, it would require that level of patience, right? So finding the right people and getting them on the bus was a huge part of it, getting A-plus a players. Um, and then knowing when to pull myself out. So like I said, so I'm not working in my business, uh, but more working on it. And that was hugely scary because I really felt like I had built this business uh, on my own, on myself, on my personality, built around my personality, which I kind of did. And it was because of my insecurity that I did that. And then gratefully, as I stepped away and saw that it wasn't totally truth, yes, they missed me, but I made a really good hire. Um, I made some really bad hires. I'm not going to admit, you know, I'm going to admit that some really bad hires, but ultimately shifted pretty quickly, fired those people, got good people in the door uh, that led to the longevity and the success of that business until I moved away to Denver uh, four years after, I think in 2014. And then the following year, it just was hard to manage it from afar. I ended up selling that business um, and was at that point full-time virtual coaching um, with clients around the the country and around the world. So there's so many little nuances that I could certainly go into. Um, But yeah, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things is that a lot of people that I talk to, a lot of men that I talk to, uh, women as well, of course, that who, who want to start their own business, they want to get a business plan and they want to have their ducks in a row and they want to like, you know what? <laughs> With all the businesses that I've started and created over the last uh, 10 years, I've never once had a business plan. Um, action, to me, <laughs> always tends to, uh, to out-deliver having your ducks in a row, you know, and maybe that's just me, you know, um, but I do feel like I know that I'm very susceptible to 
paralysis by analysis. And if I, I can overthink things with the best of them. And honestly, when it comes down to it, you have to trust in your ability to be uh, resourceful and just literally take it a day at a time. <laughs> that to me is how you get started and it just be looking, coming from a place not of scarcity because that's where a lot of times that that's what provokes this like, oh, I need certainty. I need to have, I need to know all the answers before I get started, which is not possible. But that's where it's really coming from. It's from coming from this, this place of fear and you never actually make good decisions when you're coming from fear. And so if you can actually work yourself into a place of knowing your greater purpose and your reason for why you're doing something, that will shift you more into a place of abundance. And from there, can you actually be focused on contribution and growth, which is the the last two of those six human needs. And then, you know, from there, hopefully, fingers crossed, (laughs) you keep adding value and the business continues to to grow and thrive. Um, Running a business, of course, starting a business and running a business, coming up with an, an idea in your head and then turning it into a tangible, you know, service or, you know, business is probably one of the the harder and crazier things that we can do in our lives, but it's also so much fun. Um, and I just need that. I personally just need that type of adventure and stimulation in my life. So if this at all speaks to you or if you have any other questions or you want to go deeper, man, shoot me an email podcast at johnnyking.com and uh, we can set up a a quick little consultation, consultation, just a little like phone call and we can talk through any of your questions and things like that. So, all right, a little bit longer of a podcast, but I hope you found it valuable and I can definitely speak to a bunch of my other entrepreneur uh, mistakes and failings and as well as as successes. So till next time, we will catch up with you soon. All right, later. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something that I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.